Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 160 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to revisit the topic of safety for runners. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners and welcome to episode 160 my name is letty my name is ryan and we're the hosts of the marathon running podcast welcome if you're new and welcome back if you're not and in this episode we're going to talk about a not so fun topic however in my opinion a very important and well needed topic to be talked about running is a great way of staying fit and healthy and it's a great way of relieving stress and clearing your head and it's a lot of fun however the safety aspect of running is something that we should always keep in the front of our minds because there's a lot of stuff that can happen and as much as we don't want to talk about it, I think we should do this annually. I think that's not a bad idea, at least for one, keep it fresh in people's mind, but also make sure we stay up to date on the most recent recommendations. You know, like recommendations always change and some people think, oh, well, the experts don't know anything. I mean, I think they just don't know everything and they always try their best to do what's best. And sometimes you figure out more information and that means changing recommendations. So hopefully we can delve into that a bit. Absolutely. Not just the experts. Also, I feel like hearing more stories, the longer we run, the more we surround ourselves with runners who have certain life experiences. And even though they may be negative, if anything, we can pull stuff from them and learn and do things better ourselves in the future. And then, of course, let our listeners know. I agree. So before we get started, Ryan, there are two episodes that I'm going to link in our show notes. One of them is a self-defense episode that we did with Icy Mike. That's episode 54. And the other one is episode 63, which is running with dash running from dogs, where we talk about safety from animals, but also running with dogs. So they're kind of pertinent to this episode. So what's our outline for this podcast? Yeah, so we're going to divide this into three different sections, three different topics. So number one is safety from traffic. And then we're going to talk about safety from predators. And last but not least, we're going to talk about safety from animals. And in each one of those sections, we're going to dive into the statistics a little bit to let you know what is going on out there, how many incidents are there. And then we are going to give you tips for each one of these sections. So safety from traffic. Yeah, so one of the biggest dangers to runners is traffic because cars can be dangerous, especially if you're not paying attention and then, you know, the cars may also not be paying attention. We live in the United States where it's not very common to travel by bike or even as a pedestrian. So a lot of times people that are driving are not paying attention very much. Yeah, I I definitely... um understand that that's probably one of my biggest fears in running or just being near traffic is just because the cars are just so 
moving at such a high rate of speed, plus they're so heavy, and, and if they hit somebody, it's really devastating. Absolutely, Ryan. So let's talk about some statistics. According to the National Highway Traffic Alert Administration, in 2020, there were 7,342 pedestrians killed in traffic crashes in the United States. Out of those, 1,289 were runners. So if you think of how many runners are killed for the total pedestrians, that's like 1,289 per 7,000 pedestrians. But I bet there's not 1,000 runners per 7,000 people in this country. So which that means is that a lot, like a high percentage of runners are pedestrians being killed, which is, you know, shows that it's a very dangerous aspect of running. Yeah, that's sad. So the... Another statistic you have here is that there are a number of factors that contribute to the high rate of traffic fatalities amongst runners. Uh, one factor is runners are often more difficult for drivers to see than other road users. So runners are also smaller and more difficult to see um, than larger bikes, vehicles, things like that. You know, a bike, you're actually sitting up taller a lot of times, so it might be easier for vehicles to see. Um, runners... Maybe moving quickly and erratically, um, which may be difficult for drivers to judge their speed and position. I mean, obviously, if not comparing to bicyclists, because they'll be going faster. But on a bicycle, you typically don't change direction very fast, whereas a runner can change direction very fast. So that unpredictability, I'm sure. Yeah, because sometimes we just cross the road, too, if we don't see anyone coming. And yeah. So also another factor that also contributes to the high rate of traffic fatalities among runners is that runners are often not paying attention to their surroundings because they're focused on a workout or they're just not aware of the traffic conditions. And a lot of times we runners listen to music or we're talking on the phone or whatever we're doing. So we're kind of distracted from our surroundings, which makes it harder for the drivers. Yeah, I can see that. I think... um you know, my two cents of things, which is opinion, not fact. So we're giving some statistics, but I'm also adding in my opinion. But they talk about different things. I think bicycling, you're generally running or you're going with the direction of traffic. And sometimes running, they say run against traffic or so. And one thing to always think about, too, is like, you know, if a bicycle is running with traffic and a car hits them, you're really hit at the speed that's the difference between the two. It's kind of like one of those math equations when you're younger but like if the bicycle is traveling 20 miles an hour one direction and the car is traveling the same direction at 35 miles an hour and it runs into the bicyclists they're hitting them only at 15 miles an hour because they were both going the same direction but if you're a runner and you're going slower you're going to be hit harder at a faster speed or if you're running against traffic then you add the two speeds together and it potentially could be even more a drastic yeah, so I guess with that, we can hop into a number of things that we can do to stay safe on the road. So here's a few tips that can help you reduce being involved in a traffic crash. Um, so let's start with what you just said, running against traffic. I mean, that kind of doesn't make sense right now because obviously you just said if you get hit by a car, the impact is going to be even harder. But hear me out. It means you're facing the oncoming cars which will give you more time to react if something happens yeah so while when you get run over from the back you might not have the same impact i guess it matters more as a bicyclist this way you can have a chance to see what's happening if someone's swerving you can try to jump into the bushes or whatever is around or you know just avoid that impact 
I think that's probably the, the wiser thing in, in different ways. And obviously they, um, probably looked at statistics when they do recommendations like this. But as a runner, you know, if you're, if you see a car, it's easier to kind of jump sideways and get out of the way. But if you're on a bicycle going against traffic, it's much harder, I think, to just swerve out of the way. Um, so probably the benefit of being able to see the car and potentially avoid a crash per se is probably greater than having a higher impact based on speed differences that I was talking about. This is getting very technical. <laughs> it is. <laughs> no, but it does make sense, Ryan. So thank you for that. Um, another tip that is also super important to mention, and I see a lot of people not doing it, is using sidewalks or walkways when available. If there's no sidewalk available, then be sure to stay as far to the side as possible. So I mentioned that I see that being done differently a lot. And I think it is because a lot of times we want to do a speed workout or we are focused on what it is that we have on our running calendar that we need to do. And in order for us to have a smooth run or avoid tripping on sidewalks or uneven surfaces, we run on the road, which... Could be more dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Especially crossing bridges. I do a run every Sunday morning and there's a bridge that we cross and the bridge has a sidewalk that is separated by a big concrete barrier. And I run on the sidewalk and yes, there's always pedestrians too, but I just say, excuse me. And I run there because the alternative would be to run on the shoulder of the road, which I guess there's not that many cars in the morning, but sometimes it's still really dark. And I guess I don't just trust the drivers enough. I don't know if they're drunk driving home or what they're doing, but if they were to come at you, then there's really no way of you jumping this barrier. And you do see a lot of scruffles and marks on that barrier. So you know that they crash there somewhere sometimes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I do that all the time. I try to stay on sidewalks and I just think of it more as an adventure or as, you know, cross country run as opposed to being like a nice smooth run. Um, yeah, you do have the added risk of potentially spraining an ankle or doing something, but I feel like, um, to me, the risk of a minor injury is, is okay to potentially avoid a risk of a more major injury. I think a lot of the thing that people fall into the trap of is, like you say, it's easier. In our case, that bridge has no pedestrians on the shoulder, so you can just run without having to um, potentially slow down or tell someone to move, so it's more convenient, but you you are putting yourself at more risk. I think any of those, too, is like when, even though something that happens very infrequently, I think sometimes people just get complacent and say, oh, well, you know, no one... It's very rare to get hit, so I'm just going to do it anyway. But if, you know, there are minor things that you can change to increase your safety, I think it's worth it, but personally. And I feel like it's also just creating a habit, right? Like if you don't do it that one time, then you're more often not doing it versus if you always say, okay, if there's a sidewalk available, then I'm, that's the path I'm going to take. Then you do it more frequently and, you know, there's something to be said about statistics because we just heard about them. Yeah, I think habit forming is, is a great way to be consistent. You know, once you get like in the habit of always doing that, then, then you'll, no matter where you run or where you go, you'll always try to find those safer alternatives. So another tip we have is to be more visible wearing reflective clothing or just bright colored clothing, 
just being aware of how drivers or other people might see you. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand with maybe wearing a light, um, not just for your own safety from tripping, because I know that happens to some of us more than others, but also because cars can see you that way and they have a chance to also react to the light. And most drivers are not malicious and they want to avoid hitting you. So then you're giving them a chance to, to do that and not have to react last minute. And as hard as it may seem, you know, like when you're running, you might think, oh, everyone can see me. But sometimes, you know, there's situations where you're in a car and the, the sun might be in the person's face. Or if you're running super early, it just might be very dark and there's not a lot of lighting. And so any of those little things can actually make it, it quite different from the driver's perspective. No, I agree. I think we should all think about ourselves driving in the car and then remember a time where you're driving through a neighborhood or whatever, and then last minute you see, oh, there was somebody walking there. They're walking their dogs. I didn't see them until the very last minute. Um, it's easy to blame the drivers, but a lot of the time the streets are just not lit up enough. Yeah, and compound that with like, you know, depending on the age of the listener, that, you know, some people might not have as good a vision as others, especially maybe someone that's healthy and running compared to somebody that's not their vision might not be as good. So then you have to give them every chance to hopefully see you. And the distracted drivers, honestly. Nowadays, that's really a big thing, yeah. Yeah. So another thing is to be aware of your surroundings. I think this is really important too and kind of goes along with everything that we were talking about, um, including running in the safer path, is if you're just aware of your um, surroundings, the way traffic is going, kind of what is around you potential hazards even if they aren't cars is always a good thing yeah and to do that kind of goes hand in hand with not wearing headphones and i mean you know i'm at fault of that too i wear one earbud not two so i can still hear traffic i can hear even the quietest cars coming up behind me so I feel like once you have your headphones on, otherwise a lot of them are not noise cancellation headphones. And so they're really difficult and make it more difficult for us runners to stay safe. So, you know, just another tip. Yeah, I think unfortunately, unless you were running on a treadmill, it's probably wise not to have both noise canceling headphones in at the same time. I agree, Ryan. So what's next? Yeah, so next we're going to talk about the second topic, which is safety from predators. Um, unfortunately, there are people out there who target runners for violence. So let's start with some statistics. So according to the National Center for Victims of Crime in 2020, there was an estimated 310,000 violent crimes committed against runners in the United States. So that's just for a year. So you're more likely to encounter a violent crime or be the victim of a violent crime than be hit by a car, huh? Yeah, it's kind of sad that, you know, this is the one thing or that's one of the things we do to have a healthy lifestyle and yet we have to deal with this. So let's hop into those numbers a little bit deeper. Out of those 310,000 violent crimes, 150,000 of them were aggravated assaults. And then the remaining 100,000 were robberies and 60,000 were rapes or sexual assaults. Yeah, that's crazy high. So one of the things that I think is useful to be aware of that the most common time for runners to be attacked is in the evening between 6 p.m. and 12 a.m. Yes, and the most common place for runners to be attacked is in a park or on a trail. And the most common predators of attacks against runners are men. 
and the most common motive is robbery. Which is kind of ironic because normally as a runner, you don't carry money with you. You have your phone at the most. I mean, I don't carry money. Do you carry a wallet while you're running? I never do. So I don't understand why that would be, but I guess it is true. Maybe those malicious people think that runners actually have cash or whatever on them. I think it might also be just related to to the fact that runners are or maybe easy prey. You know, like if... Most people just spend time between their car, between their house, and they're in safe, locked places with phones and things. And runners typically spend a lot of time, you know, where they might be exposed. You know, they're in a strange or different neighborhood, not close to friends or other people or on a trail out in the woods somewhere. They're just potential victims. Yeah, that's true. So here are some sample cases that we're going to talk about uh, that you've probably heard of if you've been running for the last few years. So the most recent big one on the news was Eliza Fletcher, which happened in 2022 when a 34-year-old kindergarten teacher was abducted and killed while running near the University of Memphis campus in Memphis, Tennessee. And again, that was in September of 2022. She was running on a trail near the university where she was approached by a man, forced her into his vehicle, and then drove her to a nearby vacant home where he raped and killed her, and her body was found a few days later. That case, Ryan, was a game changer for me. So why did that impact you so much? It was just so relatable, right? Because there are so many cases where something happens to a woman jogger, at the time, I had a job that started at 8 o'clock in the morning. And so in order to be able to run at all, I was on the same schedule. I had to run at 4.30 in the morning and then come home so I can get the kids ready and then ship them off to school. So her lifestyle was what was most relatable. Also, it was summertime. It gets pretty hot in Florida. She was running in a sports bra. I do the same thing. And so that case scared me so much that I haven't really started running super early in the mornings solo since then and that sucks because you really did like doing early morning runs yeah i really did and hopefully i mean we do live in a very safe neighborhood so hopefully eventually i'll get over that especially now that the hot summer months are approaching but yeah that was definitely a big one so I think also part of what might make you feel that way is you actually had an experience not here but in California um, that might also make you afraid a bit. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I'll I'll share it again. So we did talk about this in an old podcast, right? We did, yeah. So, um, but I think it's pertinent to bring up, and we can talk about it afterwards. But you had a interesting or just different reaction to the situation afterwards or the effect that it had on you was different. But so you were running in the morning and it wasn't even, it was like nine o'clock, right? Yes, I did. In 2012 on Easter Sunday, I was attacked at nine o'clock in the morning when I was just running down a street. A guy came up to me. I could hear him. I thought it was a fellow runner. So I moved aside, but he never passed me. He went straight for me grabbed my chest, grabbed my crotch, and pushed me into the bushes. And after figuring out what was happened, which seemed forever, I was able to fight him off and then call the police. Unfortunately, even though they were very quick to respond and I had actually at that point started running after him, he had turned into an area where 
they did a lineup with every man available that was not inside of a dwelling and he wasn't in there so unfortunately he got away with it um that incident left me completely shocked but it was very easy to digest relatively speaking for me because i was running in broad daylight on a street that was not unbusy i guess there wasn't a lot of cars but i couldn't have picked a better place so i didn't feel like oh i shouldn't have done this i shouldn't have done that so that actually didn't deter me from running whereas the story of eliza fletcher that really deterred me from running just because of how it happened to her. So I feel like that even had a bigger effect on me from a safety perspective and a fear perspective than the incident that happened with me. I think it's always hard. I mean, you probably never know how you're going to react if you, if you're in a situation like that or how you're going to perceive the situation or change based on it. But there's a couple of things that, you know, fortunately you're pretty strong. So maybe um, someone that wasn't as strong, maybe the guy would have gone further or tried to gone further. Fortunately, although I think it's still probably very impactful and difficult thing to go through, at least you were able to fight them off and nothing worse happened. Um, and then as you said, it's like you would think even based on what the statistics was saying that, you know, running at the time of day you did would be an unlikely time to ever get attacked. And I think... Sometimes you you can't predict exactly when things are most of the time. You can't predict exactly when things are going to happen. So Exactly. And, you know, perhaps I was also just lucky because of this guy's motive being different than other men that do that. I don't think he was out there to rape and kill me just because of the location he had picked. Whereas if you're running on the trail, then I feel like there is even worse intent by the perpetrator because they want to isolate you and maybe do worse things. Maybe he got what he wanted. Maybe he wanted to grab and and do that stuff. Or he wanted to see the fear in someone's eye. And, and he definitely got that too. So maybe he served his purpose or he came and did what he wanted to do. Yeah, I think it's hard to predict. Because like, you know, any anyone that's willing to do that stuff or to hurt other people is probably not... 100% normal anyway. Exactly. Yeah. And we can't really sit there and speculate. Um, all I can say is I didn't do anything wrong, but neither did Eliza Fletcher. Well, that's one thing that, you know, that I observed too is because we were um, dating at that time, but you kind of felt in, in some ways you did feel guilty that it happened to you, but it's like, you shouldn't feel guilty. You're the one that was like, you know, attacked. But it, I think that that's something that may be underrepresented, I guess, but just how people, you know, emotionally react to a situation and how stressful it can be, even if nothing terrible happens, not saying that nothing bad happened, but nothing terrible happens, it still can have a lasting impact. Especially if, I mean, when, when it happened, I remember that morning that I had passed a lady that was pushing a stroller. So my thoughts always go to this lady thinking, Thank goodness it didn't happen to her because imagine if you have a baby and you're being attacked, then obviously you're not just in fear of your own life, but also your child. So we're not telling you these stories to instill fear. That's the least thing that we want to do. 
we love running and the running community. And again, this is just a subject that we feel like you need to be reminded of or everybody should be reminded of in order to prevent something from happening. So with that, let's go over some tips for staying safe from predators. If you can, don't run alone. I feel like that's probably the best deterrent for perpetrators or predators. Always run with a friend or with a group. I know that this is a tip that is probably almost impossible. We all have lives to live and we don't live next to our neighbor running friends. How awesome would that be? But if you can, then go ahead and do that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't think it would be, it's not impossible. It's actually, you know, at, at certain situations, it can be difficult, I guess. But but yeah, that's probably uh, just one of the best things you can do is power in numbers, right? Safety in numbers, exactly. Plus so. you get to run with friends. Who doesn't like that? And what's better than that, right? <laughs> so another tip is you can avoid secluded areas, um, especially if you run alone. Uh, if you run near other people, you know, statistically, there's going to be people that would be inclined to help you if you ever get into a bad situation. Absolutely. And with that, the next tip that we have is to be aware of your surroundings. Pay attention to those people that are following you or seem suspicious. So kind of get out of your head. I know that sometimes we have workouts and we're looking at our watch and we're focusing on all the paces, but also look up and look around. And I'm partially at fault for that because I'm not a very observant person. And just knowing this tip has made me look around and see what cars are where. Uh, you know, motherhood also did that to me. I'm always aware of who is at the playground just because. Um, so I've been implementing that in my running too. And I don't know if I avoided anything, but I think if somebody sees you, look at them and sees you noticing them, that can be a big deterrent as well. So another one is trust your instincts. And I know I'm um, trusting your instincts seems vague, but scientifically your body is uh, in your mind and you're just the way you perceive situations sometimes is difficult to explain but your mind puts a bunch of things together and it seems it says like oh this seems unsafe and you can't maybe pinpoint it but a lot of times you should listen to that because uh it might have just come from experiences you've had over time or other things but it can be a very powerful tool potentially yeah i agree with that i always trust my instinct when i met you I trusted my instinct too, and look where that got us. <laughs> Wait, is that good or bad? Cause, uh, I think it's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> anyway, another tip that we have is to have a plan, and that goes hand in hand with maybe carrying a whistle, pepper spray, or one of those rings that you wear on your fingers. I know that a lot of times that's super tedious, and we don't even know if we would be using all those tools the right way if it came down to it. Honestly, when I was attacked in 2012, I don't think I would have even thought of pulling anything out until it would have been too late. Um, but I do have a whistle that I really like, especially when we go trail running, mostly because any kind of noise brings awareness. So that's something to think about. There are tons of items that you can purchase, and we're going to link a few in our Amazon store. So the next tip on our list is getting familiar with self-defense. I think, um, you know, obviously training to be in a situation where someone might be attacking you is a good way to learn how to 
um, defend yourself. And that could be by any number of different sources, right? Absolutely. We do have an episode that we mentioned previously that we are linking in our show notes, which is where we talked to Icy Mike, who has a huge channel on YouTube, all about self-defense. So there are some things that you can do, certain areas of the body of a person that you can attack with your hands or whatever. So that way you can stay safe. So it's kind of nice to know those, even though it's not super fun. And then that way, in case something does happen to you, you know what to grab and where. Yeah, that's true. And along with that, our last tip for safety from predators is and i guess we kind of talked about that too already is envisioning something happen to you so that way you can pre-plan your reaction as it's super important to have a good reaction so you're not in that deer in the headlight situation again yeah it's always hard to train for things that happen so rarely but there are ways to do so and i think it makes a huge difference because they're encountered so infrequently that you don't know how to react or what you might do to react and then if you train to best prepare yourself then you hopefully will react in a good way Yeah, and it can just be mental training. So when you're running somewhere, then as you're running, just kind of be aware of your surroundings and think, okay, there's a stick, there is a car to hop onto, there's a neighbor's house that's still lit up. So if something does happen, you know where to run, you know what to grab, you know what to hop on. Yeah, definitely. And so our last section is safety from animals. Yes. So it's not uncommon that runners also encounter animals such as dogs or wild animals. We've seen it on YouTube. There's this YouTube video that went viral about, I think it was a, about a year ago or so, where there was a mountain lion just kind of following a runner along and the runner didn't really know what to do. And then in the end, he started throwing a rock and the animal went away. And I'm going to link actually this video too, because it's kind of scary to see how long this mountain lion was following someone. And with that, these things can happen all the time. You think you're going to go for a beautiful nature trail run, and then in the end, you can encounter a beer. You might encounter a beer too, but... (laughs) (laughs) Not a beer. I wish it was a beer. A bear. (laughs) No, that is true. I think... um. I think runners are susceptible too, because a lot of these animals, you know, the instinct is to, to, uh, chase something that's running. And so if you're running by, it's instinctual for them to chase and try to attack sometimes. And so it kind of puts you at risk compared to like someone just walking or strolling, maybe more at risk. Exactly. Or what if you're running in a neighborhood and there's loose dogs? I've driven down a, neighborhood before and a dog was actually attacking my car and biting at my side view mirror and all I could do was kind of try to speed up a little bit without trying to run him over it was it was weird so obviously when you're running that's a whole new situation and I guess for that it deserves to be its own topic so now we're going to give you guys some tips on how to stay safe from animals so tip number one run with a friend power in numbers you know animals are impacted similarly you know if they are up against a f- enemy or you and several of your friends, they're probably less likely to attack than if you were alone. Yes, absolutely. And obviously that doesn't always work. If you're going to be attacked by a dog in the neighborhood, it might not matter if your friend is there with you too. The dog might not care. But just in general, when you go out in nature, if you're coming in as a pack, then you seem bigger, you're louder and all that. Definitely. So the next tip that we're going to give you is to avoid unfamiliar areas. If you don't know if there's animals in the area, then 
You might want to avoid it. I know this is kind of a not so great tip because a lot of us love running and we wouldn't love anything more than going out on a trail and just explore. But again, just be smart about it. Maybe do that run with a friend or with somebody who's more familiar with the area. Yeah, that goes along with what we said before too. Like, you know, prepare for situations that might happen or, or you know, but if you don't know the area at all, it's, it is difficult to prepare and I think... If you're going to run an area and you might want to run it more in the future, you could just potentially scope it out or just check it out with friends or in a safe as possible situation just to get familiar with it if you think that that's the place you want to run. Yeah, absolutely. So then if you see an animal, obviously there's certain ways of reacting and we've already talked about how to react with certain animals. There's a list online that you can find about how to react. For example, if there's a bear, if there's a brown bear, you react differently than when it's a black bear where you react again differently than when it's a grizzly bear. So there's certain animals you can familiarize yourself with if you're willing to go to an area like that. Um, but then obviously if it's a dog, what do you do? With a dog, you normally don't play dead. With a dog, you can <laughs> <laughs> try to find something to jump on and be off the ground a little bit. Or you can try to grab something to unfortunately beat the dog with to keep yourself from being attacked. So there are certain animals where you really just have to fight back when that happens. Be loud, make yourself bigger, because that normally in the animal kingdom means that you're going to intimidate the animal. Yeah, it seems to be with animals, you know, the ones that are smaller than you, then they kind of recommend being big and loud and attacking back. But then the ones that are significantly bigger than you, like grizzly bears, it might be better to play dead. But yeah, it's always good and easy to check what recommendations are for the animals you might encounter in your area. Yeah, exactly. And if you want to know more about certain animals and dive a little bit more deeply into this topic, we're going to link episode 63 in the show notes. And as always, there's a lot of deterrence. You can buy certain items that can help you with animals. You can buy sprays. You can buy certain things that make noises that only dogs can hear. You can have weapons that you can carry with you. Again, none of them that I can point you to because I absolutely love them because I feel like when I run, I want to be as free as possible and not carry anything with me. But again, that goes with tip number two of running in familiar areas because that way you kind of know what you can expect. So in conclusion, by following these tips, you can help ensure that your runs are safe and enjoyable. Obviously, not 100%, but it's just being aware. So remember, safety is always the top priority. And here are some other things that you can do just in general to stay safe while you're out on your runs. Tip number one is to let someone know where you're going and when you are going to be back. So that's a good tip because there's a lot of apps that you can use. If you have a loved one, they can maybe track you. You can let them know where you're running and what time you come back. So then that way, if something out of the ordinary happens, then they're aware and they're more likely to come looking for you sooner than, than when you didn't tell them where you're going and they have to start at square one. And tip number two is to carry a cell phone with you in case of an emergency. Exactly, because if you do find yourself in a pickle, there's nothing better than calling for help right away. The tip number three is dress appropriately for your run. That means if you're running in a place that you need to be visible, like along a road, is to wear reflective 
clothing or something that you can be visible for, or if you're running at certain times in the night or morning. Uh, it could also mean even just like running for the appropriate weather. I know we talked about safety from animals and other people and other stuff, but you know, if you are doing a trail run and you're somewhere remote, then even just being safe from the environment is a potential, you know, hazard. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess along the lines of safely running, not just considering traffic and predators and animals, it's also important that we take care of our bodies and keep ourselves safe while we run. So that means hydrating appropriately, listening to our bodies when we do need to take a break, not pushing too hard. And that's that. So does that conclude our annual safety podcast? Yes. If you are still listening, then you have passed the safety training. You can send us a message on Instagram and I will send you a certification email that states that you have completed the listening to the safety podcast. Are you actually going to send people emails? If they email me, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) How many people will actually listen to the end though? I don't know. I always listen to the end of the crime fiction podcasts. However... The crime fiction podcasts end with finding out who the murderer is. So there's a bigger incentive for them, for the listener to complete the podcast. Do you have a quiz? You should have one quiz question. In order to get your non-official, totally made up (laughs) certification email, you should answer a question correctly to the quiz. So what's the question? So the question is, and I'm going to make this an American question where you can... Pick out of A, B, and C. This is a multiple choice question. Multiple choice question. That's exactly what I meant. And the question is... So we could go two routes. We could go with difficult but relevant. Or we could go with like super easy that you probably don't even have to listen to and you could probably still get it. So what do you want to do? Easy. Let's go easy. Okay. So when running in the presence of cars, do you A, where dark clothes to blend into the background b <laughs> run with bright colored clothes so that you can be well seen or c run with traffic all right so you guys heard it send us your answer we're at running podcast on instagram and yeah maybe we'll kick in um a little a word for the first person to answer all right Now there's more incentive. All right. Okay, so that's it for this week. Stay tuned to next week. And until then, have a good week of running. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.